Welcome to Beer Massive, a collection of good beer-centric conversation, interviews, editorials, reviews, and more from a collective of centrally like-minded yet individually opinionated good beer fanatics. From podcasts born in the present, or from our massive library of brewer interviews from years past, we hope you enjoy what you hear. If you do enjoy what you hear, please subscribe. Feel free to reach out to us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram on tap, at Massive Beers, or email us individually at massivebeers at gmail.com. How you doing, internets? Back with a interview. We used to do interviews a while ago. Uh, for those who don't know, I'm sitting across from James Priest from uh, the Reverend Beer Blendery. Hello. Um, so, yeah, hello and, and goodbye, I guess, because he's not going to be here that long. He's going to run out because it's going to be a shit show. Anyway, um, for those that don't know, we used to do a, here on uh, the Beer Massif, we used to do a radio show, and I kind of quit that about a year and a half ago. Kind of get it to do it again. Started back, and we're going to do a bunch of content, but a lot of it's going to be brewer interviews. Not even just brewer interviews, but just industry-based interviews and stuff like that, and we're just getting back into it. And um, uh, James is lucky enough, or kind enough, I should say. Or lucky enough, actually. I should go that yeah, way. You Make myself sound really yeah, important. Absolutely. Um, to let us actually come down and talk about what he does. It's probably going to be a bit long-winded. Um, hopefully, this one goes a little bit longer. He was a bit hesitant. He's like, I don't even know if I have 30 minutes worth of conversation in me. But uh, we'll see if we can change that. So, first things first, introduce yourself. Who are you? Uh, I am, as previously stated, yeah, James Priest of the Referend Beer Blendery. Um, we've been open for a little over a year. been brewing for just shy of two. Um mostly what we're working with. We're in, we're outside of Princeton, New Jersey. Pennington, New Jersey. Penning, Pennington, Hopewell Township, all, yep, all of the above. Um, everything that we do is spontaneously fermented, which is, I guess, the most uh, unusual thing about us. There is one other brewery in the country that does so, and probably only a handful in the world. One other one in the country that does it exclusively. It does exclusively. Yes, there are there are possibly dozens. Dabbles. Yeah, dozens of breweries now. If not, yeah, no, it's probably accurate. Yeah, yeah. I think it's still probably shy of a hundred that are yeah. that are practicing spontaneous fermentation in their breweries, which is yeah, amazing. Love seeing love seeing people doing it. The um, more the merrier. Now. First thing I actually wanted to ask is, um, where do you sit on the word as brewery and brewer? You're a brewer, obviously, yeah. but you're not a brewery. How, how do you define it to people that just don't even understand the concept of walking through the door? I So, very frequently people will walk in and ask, uh, are, are you the brewer? And probably half the time I have the obnoxious answer of, uh, sort of, uh, of the blender, <laughs> you know? And then other times I'm just like, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. And that's, it, yeah. I think the, the funniest portion of the show is, per Jersey law, you have to give the brewery tour. Absolutely, yeah. Of the brewery that doesn't exist. That's that's correct. But I think we stand to benefit more than most other New Jersey breweries from having the mandated tour. Not, not that I wish it upon uh, our state as a law or anything, but I, we, we certainly benefit from people approaching the bar with some idea of what the process entails and what the beer, how the beer is made, especially as it differentiates from other other breweries. So you're saying that most people walk through the door, understand what they're getting into before they step to the well, bar? Well, that's the hope. You know, if that's they, the I mean, a lot of people just know that it's a tour that's mandatory and so they don't really, they don't really do it. You know, they'll just sort of waltz through and not really soak it in to maybe... And I, I definitely want to get to that part because I think, especially the what you do beer-wise, education is probably a portion of the show. Almost have to do that when it right. comes to what you do. Um, but let's do the prerequisite. Start from the beginning. You're born and raised in Chicago, correct? Uh, well, no. You born, call born Chicago in, home. I I call Chicago home. Yes. Yep. How'd you end up in New Jersey? Uh, my now wife, then girlfriend, uh, began a PhD program in Philadelphia. So we moved there, and uh, so we're sort of sort of tethered there because that's a, an extremely long program, and uh, 
yeah, had to be had to be somewhere in that region, looking for somewhere rural with good fruit, accessible. Um, we didn't do a, probably enough of our due diligence on the actual beer laws of the state and how easy the state governance is to work with. Uh, so that, yeah, ended up being less in our favor than we had initially thought, but that's it's, uh, it's fine. It's been, it's been good to be here. So you come here and um, she's working through her schooling at that mm-hmm. point. Um, at that point, are you, you, you know you want to do this or are you just kind of uh, uh, like a, a sour Lambic enthusiast? Uh, sort of both. Are we, are we going to go, are we, do we have to say Lambic or can we go American Lambic? Oh, I, I don't, I don't, yeah, I usually just say lambic. Oh, or, good, or, or, you know, dance around the term, as no, so no, many no, would I, like. You have no idea how happy I am to see that. I can't stand saying double. Right. I feel like yep. I'm a fraud when I say that. So. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, did you know you want to do that, or you were more just kind of, like, really into that style of beer? So, I, during, during that Philly time, I was also in Maryland, uh, working at Flying Dog for a while. Um... And as soon as I left there, I, I left with the uh, knowledge that I was going to start this. What were you doing at Flying Dog? I was a packaging manager. Okay. Yeah. And so you come here and you have this idea. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I read somewhere on the, the vast internets that you, you uh, worked in wine blending for a bit. Yes. Okay. Is that also Porsche? Well, did you do that knowing you wanted to do uh, kind of uh, the, the Lambic portion of the show? It was more yes. like a kind of an education on that end of it things? Was, it was certainly that. Partially it was knowing how long it was going to take to get this thing up and running, find a property, find funding, uh, all those fun details that make a brewery become a brewery or blendery. Um, so yeah, I was, I was uh, yeah, eager to learn that because the, the production techniques are so much more rooted in that tradition than in than in a brewery. Um, 90 plus percent of what I do here is, yeah, win- wineries. The wineries I worked at more readily prepared me for that than the breweries that I worked at. Because, I mean, what we're going to do is basically what you've probably done here and what we're going to do in here is dance around the word Lambic, basically. Yeah, as, yeah, and yeah. that's what you're doing. Yeah. Here, in, in a matter of what you're brewing, what you're blending, the things you're doing, and the fact that some people might think that's a pretty douche-tastic word to use if you don't fill the check marks that mm-hmm. some some organization deems you okay to use. Right. Okay, so you come in here and then you work in the wine industry just to kind of get your kind of idea of what you need to do to open up this place. And then what happens then? You just open it? Do you, do you try to get like you try to get the okay from certain people you go overseas and kind of pick the brains of certain uh, brewers over there or whatnot. Like, what do you do with that? Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, for the first time of a drinking age, I visited Belgium, uh, in 2014, um, and talked to a number of Lambic brewers and blenders then, um, most of whom were enormously helpful. Uh, Pierre Tocan was great, Guzri Tocan. Uh, Willem van Herowegen, who's the, I'm not sure what his official title is now, he founded Decam and uh, now is some board of director managerial position at Timmermans, um, really strongly elevating their dry Lambic portfolio. Um, yeah, they were, they were great. Uh, I, I did at, at that time, you know, I, I told them what my plans were. The whole mobile cool ship, doing all spontaneous fermentation, uh, they helped work through some some of the logistical difficulties that were sure to arise, and uh, and we yeah went from there, learned from their prior experiences, uh, yeah, well, and I, I was clear on that on that trip that I was not going to be calling it Lambic. Um, which was before I, I had ever thought, Method Lambique sounds pretty accurate for what I would be doing here. Mm-hmm. I, I, am, I am still of, of the belief, though no one's really using it now, that that's a pretty correct 
nomenclature for what brewers outside of the area would be exercising if they were to obviously, you know, meth yeah, methodologically uh, emulate. But the, there's 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 I don't know what you call it. Like, a, is it a, a sentimentality or tradition around it or something like that? Because it's not. It's it's it, 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 it's the well, Pahatenland. Yeah, is yeah. that? I mean, it's it's is it is it true that lambic is? I mean, I don't know how to say it. I get I get the point of people being offended by an American brewery using it, but at the same time, I don't get the point as getting your panties in a bunch if you're following what it is. It's almost, I mean, it's like a Belgian style versus a Belgian ale, or right. or it's or it's it's like a lot of people nowadays do. The New England IPAs, you know what I mean, that are sure. made in New England, like where do you draw the line? There's history there. Yeah. Is, is that all it is? Is it a matter of it's just history or is it the kind of people prop it up as a regal thing so it's a little bit more sensitive? It, 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 is, it is so certain that that region has a, a long established history that is, you know, inextricably linked to that, to that beverage um, and so there there's certainly some some respect that that commands um, over many other regional regional beers uh, it's as cut and dry as champagne and cognac is what you're saying almost I'm I'm not it I think it is as cut and dry as not your as opinion that. obviously yeah. what people think it, it, for sure yeah. um, but I do I, I don't love that that sort of champagne. I don't love that a person who makes sparkling wine and disgorges it after aging it for the requisite amount of time and, and does everything identically in a different region has to by law call it something else. I don't I don't know that that is helpful for a consumer. And so and, and those were all established hundreds of years ago and so I, uh, I have a harder a harder time with it happening today because I, I wish that we would have all been done with that but at the same time they I if you if you don't mind that if you like having regional specialties um, then then Lambic would certainly qualify for that and, and I guess that's kind of what I was kind of hitting at is more it's such a, it's super subjective, I guess, on how you define or how you read the rule or how you abide by the rule and what people think. I don't know, it's such a, I don't think it's been properly, like, I mean, now it's to the point where no one even wants to go near it because they'll kind of be pooped on as far yeah. as using the name and whatnot. But I, don't, I just don't, I don't really, I personally don't, I don't get it. Because it, you, there's people that can put the word Lambic on their beer that make, you know, in my opinion, pretty craptastic stuff. Do you know what I mean? Right. Correlatively, it has it has become the case that if you see an American-made beer that purports to be lambic, it's probably not a great example of of that style, um, and certainly, almost, almost certainly, not produced in the correct method. Yeah. It's it's usually some weird shortcut. Yeah. To achieve what they think. It, yeah. Should yeah, maybe so be like a, a facsimile of Lambic as opposed to a true representation. Right, so. where you have a number of breweries who will gladly make it exactly according to the methods and the process and then not see that, yeah, anywhere at all. Well, uh, let's get away from that. I mean, I just wanted to touch on it just enough to kind of talk about it because we can just sit here and just, yeah, gladly, you know, aim it every single direction. So, I mean, to kind of bring that home. Um, I read online, you've had it on your blog post, you tweeted a while, you had that, uh, there was a quote from the New Jersey poet about doing your own mm -hmm. thing with based off tradition. Yes, sir. Is that, at that point, was that when you kind of flip your switch and you're like, okay, now I'm going to go in a direction I want to go? Or did you already have that mindset and just wanted to kind of put a bookend on it? It had very much been going on um, as, uh, as, as hipster nonsense as it, as it unfortunately is today. Uh, being more fully immersed in natural wine and how and how different producers around the world try to make 
lines of minimal intervention. Um, that to me is one of the guiding principles of LAMIC to begin with, uh, but then it, then it extends obviously well beyond the bounds of beer. And, and it had always been my goal to not simply replicate Lambic because it already exists. You yeah. know, that's, and it's obviously been, it's, it's being done very well by, yeah. by a number of producers. Um, so I definitely wanted to, yeah, put, put our own stamp on that, um, which would happen, I believe, regardless because of the, you know, regional differences in air and climate uh, and seasonal brewing. But yeah, to extend that further, um, to use whatever grain pop, popping rates and techniques that we want and uh, boil times, uh, that's it's important for me to yeah to have a, a little a little freedom that's still all in the service of producing a beer in sort of the most natural way as we can so letting it just act of its own accord which i think is is or should be a sort of principle of spontaneous fermentation is by the time you're going to open it up to the atmosphere and not pitch yeast just uh yeah no no just no let it let it do its well, thing um dial back a bit uh, the wart portion of the show mm -hmm. i mean you don't have to be exact with what you do but is it essentially the same thing same same recipe each and every time. That we it, do it? Yeah. We've got a few different work types. Um, so like our Berliner Messe base is sort of a truncated turbid mash. Um, still use aged hops, though sometimes we use them in the mash rather than the boil because the boil is so much shorter. Um, the boil time on that is about half an hour, anywhere from 15 minutes to an hour really. Uh, sort of sort of weather depending a little bit um and, and hop depending what we're working with um and it spends about five or six hours on the cool ship just cooling down to a about 110 uh fahrenheit to facilitate lactobacillus sort of having a natural spontaneous pre-acidification prior to actual spontaneous fermentation so giving that bacteria uh, a chance to thrive prior to it dropping down in the temperatures at which yeast thrive. Um, the, the air quotes lambic uh, work is a, a much longer mash procedure with like five mash steps. Um, going up to about 168, 172 and then an extended boil anywhere from three to six hours. And you're doing it at, at this point, are you doing, still doing it at various different breweries or do you have a couple of people that you Absolutely. work with pretty much this, closely? This year we've only worked with two so far, but we've got brew days scheduled in the next month or so with a couple more. And when you're talking about, uh, you know, taking it out and doing the whole spontaneous fermentation thing, do you do like any kind of previous like recon as far as, are you going to specific locations to I, spontaneously ferment it? You're like, I want to bring it here. Right. I have never uh, brewed at a place that I have, I've never bothered to take that monstrous mobile cool ship truck <laughs> anywhere that I have not previously visited. Okay. Uh, for um, those who don't know, he, he is a mobile cool ship. I mean, we talked about it previously. A, yeah, they have a 26 foot box truck and it's, it's yeah, it's, it's not the easiest machine to operate. Um, so I don't, I don't love driving it unnecessarily. But, no. but yeah, so if, um, there are, there are, as, as, as the stereotypes would have it, parts of New Jersey that smell perpetually kind of awful. And so you know there's something atmospherically sinister afoot that I would not want to spontaneously ferment in. As much as I would love to get some some sweet AB InBev word in Newark or whatever <laughs> and uh, and do that, I would be, would be terrified for multiple reasons uh, of the results there. And, I mean, you don't have to divulge it, but do you have, like, is there, like, an internal science in your brain about where you go? Only reason I ask is because, like, one of my favorite kind of 
for lack of a better word, just a funky brewer's mm-hmm. uh, dry log out of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And when I talked to Dennis uh, about this, he has this whole, he went to, he was in the military and he used this kind of topography and choke points on wind and stuff to find like all the, he had this whole big kind of idea yeah, about yeah. where he should find what he needs to find. Now, That's he, amazing. No, I, I, I have nothing so, so <laughs> comprehensive at all. It's more uh, intuitive than that. It's just like, does this, does this smell neutral to good? That's, that's, that's what I'm looking for. Okay. Just the air. Just you know, just in, inhale the air. And sometimes I'll make little notes in the brew logs about like what now, the air smells like. But you're going to these places previously before you drive the truck. For there. sure. Yes. And is it a matter of you're just one day you're out and about driving around? You're like, what's that smell? And then well, you start exploring, or? I mean, usually, usually I don't, I don't have the the luxury of of picking places based on like you know their proximity to uh, some really sweet smelling orchards or whatever it's more uh is this brewery in a in a neutral place that's not near something with septic issues you know it's that we i yeah neutral is is much more common so you don't you can't drive the creepy box truck and park it next to the the guy's orchard and not have him flip out is what you're saying we we can (laughs) but we would need a generator to uh to do some of the pumping for transport that's the only it's the only problem that keeps us from really going absolutely anywhere. Yeah. Someday. Okay, and then um, kind of backtrack again a little bit to when you started to get into it. Was it an epiphany thing? Was it just like everybody's, not everybody's backstory, but what was it like, you know, you had Cantillon and you're like, okay, I'm done. This is what my life's going to be about. Or was there kind of a long burn, a long fuse on you kind of getting into the style that made you want to kind of get into the, this type of brewing because this is you know when they talk about you know ABM Bev talks about brewing the hard way I mean as far as time and, well, and right, that it, is, yeah. you're, you're doing it the hardest unless way possible they're, unless they're referring to capital contributions well, that's, that's uh, yeah a really gross uh, fallacy um, it was yeah I would say it's definitely kind of a slow burn um, first time I had yeah a glass of Cantium goose I think on cast or draft at yeah, Novare Res in, in, uh, in Portland, Maine. I was... Did you live up that way? Or? Yeah, yeah, I was working at the first brewery I ever worked at, which was Baxter in Lewiston, Maine. Okay. Um, yeah, I was living there at the time. They had a whole, yeah, Cantillon event. And I was mostly just uh, perplexed more than anything, you know? There was, there was just so much going on. So many, so many aromas that eluded me, so many flavors that seemed uh, at once objectionable and uh, and not at all inviting um, so that was it, it was it was just a yeah a, a source of confusion and that's uh, that's where I like to spend a lot of time so that was that was not that was not a turnoff that was okay this let's find as much of this interesting versus viscerally just tasting good right like, exactly what right. is going yeah, on yeah sure right yeah we would drink other beers and it's like oh my god i love this you know yeah. this is so good but that, that doesn't interest me as much it's uh yeah things that are just sort of purely tasty and there's nothing there's nothing thought provoking about it um but obviously there's a place for that and yeah there's plenty of to drink in the world these days and i'm loving that but but I always come back to these real, you know, kind of truly wildly fermented beers and how much there is going on there that is usually very difficult to fully pinpoint. So that, that idea of, of, of being perplexed, that idea of being interested, is that what you look for when you see people come in here? And when you look at people drinking your beers, is it more like you just want them to have a good time or you're trying to, like, because there's got to has to be people coming through the door. Breweries are just almost like a like a destination spot for everybody from, from Uber nerd, right. 1% super geek to the bottom. Is it, 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 are you looking and reading people when they come in here and try to, or are you just letting them go their own way? It's hard. It's hard to try to, for, I don't know that it's, as common a mindset as I would uh, like for people to really enjoy being thrown out of their depth. Um, so I don't, I don't want to do that to people who don't want that. So if we have uh, a beer on that's still and 
old and funky in, in so many ways. And somebody is, they've made it clear, is sort of looking for a beer. We have better choices than that. I'm not going to be like, yeah, but here, check out how confused you're going to be all of a sudden. But that, people are, you know, it's not a good thing, but most people are kind of trained, you know what I mean, to go about process in a certain way. Right. You know, you go to a brewery, it's like, I don't like this, I like that. And, and, and there's, a, there's, a, there's a almost, for a lot of breweries, I'm not trying to pigeonhole everybody, but there's, there's like a lot of breweries, there's not a big difference between the top and bottom. Mm-hmm. You know, here, you know what I mean, you can have still beer, you can have bold beer, you can have right. hot, you know, on the hot beer. Yeah. You can have, like, people are like, what the hell's that person drinking that's... Steam's coming off, in a right? mug, yeah. yeah and, oh, it's beer. What do you mean it's beer? Beer's not supposed to be that way. Mm-hmm. How do you... Is it just a matter of just being sharp with it and being like that? It's it's mold beer. Read about it and then walk away. Or do you sit down and actually try to tell people about it? Or, it sort of depends on the amount of time we have. You okay. know, we... we uh, yeah, we'd like to talk as much as sort of that social interaction seems like it's mutually beneficial for both parties, you know? As, as long as you guys are happy to hear more about how this is going and asking questions that we're happy to answer that's no we love that um but we're also not going to force it on on people who just want to you know take it take a class and just you know work through it on their own and that I, I like to do that at places I no, I, that, no yeah. absolutely and that's what i'm trying to it, it's such a unique experience for this area um, do you know what I mean? Jersey. Jersey actually has a really good tradition with the, as far as like old Belgian beers. One of the biggest, I think one of the biggest importers was from Princeton years ago because mm-hmm. I remember getting a lot of Belgian beers from New Jersey that I actually had imported via Princeton, but it's also just something not a lot of people are used to. So I didn't know right. if it was like a lot of questions when they walked through the door. Um, yeah, it, we get, we get everybody, you know, some people are like, I love sour beer and I know what Lambic is and I know that it's not sweetened and let's, yeah, traditionally anyway, um, and uh, yeah, let's let's try everything. And then we get, we get other people who, you know, are just curious. We get other people who think that it's a brewery and are disappointed when it's, when it's not. That's my dog Mika for anybody who can hear it. She's having Getting a little fancy. Yeah, she wants to be on mic. Um, Back to the actual production beer portion of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when the beers actually get in the house and you kind of rack it into barrels, what's your thought process behind that? Do you know what barrel it's going into when you bring it in? Is it a matter of kind of experimentation? Do you have favorite barrels? Do you have pet barrels? Do you have barrels that you just hate? I have I have a couple uh, barrels that I have come to love. I have two, two port barrels, like Bordeaux-style port barrels, that I just filled... Uh, on Wednesday that I'm in love with um, and one and one punch of it that has already had a couple turns of beer through it and it's it's uh, yeah, it's just beautiful um, but in general you know if a barrel smells good it's good and it's gonna serve its purpose as a vessel it might not be you know super characterful like those old port barrels but it's gonna it's gonna do its job um, as far as like logistics, a lot more of it with our pyramid stacking is, is a question of when do I think I'm going to need to access this particular beer. Um, so we try to stack, you know, like ages together so we can sort of work through them at once. Um, or obviously shorter maturation times on top of longer maturation times and not vice versa. You know, you don't want to trap a Trap a couple lambic, again air quotes on top of a uh, couple Berliner barrels because you're gonna kind of force your hand at, at yeah young stuff or transferring it when I'd rather not you know yeah I think it went on that once out of necessity. How and that's probably the the most the biggest question I want to know or the most uh, fanciest trick I guess you'd say is how do you balance being a year old? How do you balance getting beer out? 
because these beers are done when they're done. You, there's mm -hmm. no production schedule. It's not like, oh, we need a beer net in two weeks. Let's <coughs> just bang it out. You know, like yep. how do you how do you balance uh, opening those doors, keeping the lights on? You know what I mean? And and also putting out. Obviously, if you're doing this, you're not like gonna be like, ah, just put it out there. It's okay. Right. There's none of that. Right. Um, part of it was brewing enough right off the bat, which is its own kind of terrifying. So obviously, it's a big, big upfront capital. Uh, but it's it lets you let the beers that need time take their time um, because some are always gonna work a little quicker. Um, I love having Young Lambic on cask here, where it's just kind of, you know, it's still, we pulled it out of the barrel this morning, for example, into a cask, and it's nine months old, and we don't have to wait for bottle conditioning on that, it's just, uh, here, taste what this tastes like in its pure, purest, rawest form. Um, and obviously that's, yeah, that's a little easier logistically for us as well, if you can just kind of grab that as necessary. Uh, also having some beers that are good sooner, like the like that Berliner base is, that's, that's at its best at around seven or eight months. I mean, it, it still does a lot of cool things thereafter, but it's... Uh, it sort of hits its stride with Brett development around then and and Esther production that's in a pretty good pretty good place right then. Um, so that's not an unreasonable amount of time. And then how, how much were you how much beer did you produce before you opened? Uh, or served? Like before we opened the to the public? Yeah. Uh, not a ton. We had I don't know, probably uh, wine barrels wise, maybe 30 or 40 equivalent, because punchins are a little over twice twice as big. Um, yeah, something like that. With a, It's hard to open a brewery, that's almost the dumbest thing to say in the world. Um, two things, how do you get capital if, if not from friends and family when you go to a place saying I want to open a brewery but I um, don't want brewing equipment like how do you, how do you sell that to somebody I, <laughs> I, I tried uh, very briefly um, to yeah to go to banks and get like an SBA loan um, and they weren't they weren't like unresponsive but it was it was uh, that's not where any of our money ended up coming from. There's yeah. no way to say, hey, look at this person; they're making it work. There's none of that. Exactly. You can't really do that. Right, right. There were there were a handful of we could point to different people and say like and, and merge them together and draw some conclusions. You could say like Degard does only spontaneous things and the rare barrel or whoever does only blending things and this you know so those are two separate proven concepts that could be merged into this right um yeah but that was not it's not the route we ended up going so that was the first part which was convincing the money to come in and obviously you figure that out in, in your way but the other thing is um convincing the people like to come in, do you think with breweries, breweries, brewing and breweries being hard to open, that it's better that you do what you do? Like it's more unique? That there, it, like, does that help you out? Like it can be a bad thing in the end because people want what they want, but with you being so unique, do you think it ends up being a positive for you guys? I hope, I hope that with time it is a net positive, but I know that like, like New Jersey as a state is still so woefully behind in terms of, you know, beer produced per capita. It was like yeah. 47th or something. Is there there's there's there like 100 breweries? I don't even I think. Know, I don't know. There's a couple states in the Deep South that like have even more long-standing abhorrent beer laws where they're, yeah, still still lower than, than we are here. But so, yeah, everyone, I think just about everyone opening these days that, that open on a reasonable scale uh, in New Jersey are having are having a, a really good time um, and like the beer industry in general because it's uh, it's an exciting but potentially terrifying time for a lot of breweries I think uh, 
as long as you have your your growth and growth plan checked a little, I think I think there's room for all of these. But if everyone wants to be, you know, a large regional production brewery, that's not that's not going to be in the cards for. No, no, for I mean, everyone, of course. No, I mean, Smutty Nose is, uh, yeah, you know, I, I mean, know. that's it's going a, down right. this week, so. A, a sort of understandable tragedy, really, but mm. yeah, it, yeah, overextension, right. But do you, th- it, it, like, it, it's almost like, obviously, you're not affecting our bottom line, but the whole boom of the low, uh, of uh, burgeoning smaller crappers is what hurt their bottom line. You know what I mean? Do you, because it's, they want to do kind of dive in and have that on a larger scale, whereas they basically spent all their money, God, that's loud. Um, right when all these, all this, all the whole explosion came about, right. as far as breweries up and coming, do you think there's going to be like a retraction? And if there is, it's got to be on a local level, so you should be, I don't want to say bulletproof, but fine. You know what I mean? When it comes to that kind of thing. Well, I'm still, I'm still just sort of surprised that there aren't more like all spontaneous breweries at this point. You know, DeGard opened up like a couple of years before we did and, and we've been open, or at least, you know, been doing this producing for a couple of years now and I don't think anyone's shown up since. Do you have a theory as to why? I, well, I know that it's difficult, right? I mean, to not have, to not have income for that period of time is, is right. Is, catastrophic for a lot of businesses so you definitely need to need to start with that capital and that's not that's not easy but also with the, with the blendery model if you can avoid a lot of your major you know capital purchases right off the bat it's not it's not too bad but do you think that the for you the local public or the public in general do you think there's there's enough people to to feed enough breweries in Jersey Right. You know, 400 more open. But yeah. if 400 more spontaneously fermented breweries opened, that's what I mean. It, it, I don't want to call it niche, but it, it, no, it, yeah, it, it is. It certainly is. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess I'm just surprised to what degree it is. You know, that's that's all. And I'm, yeah, you think no, it's I'm, a, I'm a happy about that. Like you just I'm happy, but also I don't, you know, if other people want to do it, I'll be excited about that too. Um, do I have a blind? Yeah. Uh, I, right. When I... To I, loving the style, not to the idea of breweries opening. Do you know what I mean? Right, right. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I uh, we I don't know that like other breweries' successes or failures are strong indicators for our own brewery, you know, blendery, uh, because it is that different. Um, I think that we probably now struggle in a lot of ways as, you know, as a young business with this much long aging inventory that obviously a lot of, a lot of other breweries don't experience. Um, even, even just, uh, we're, we, I shouldn't blame anyone but myself on this. I'm so weirdly principled towards the spontaneous thing that like, I won't add additional yeast to at, at, uh, at packaging so that means our bottle conditioning times take forever so even even when a beer is like theoretically ready oh so you won't even pitch in a bottle we won't pitch in a bottle i don't have a bright tank so we can't even like yeah. i mean that's not the reason it's also because i don't want to but <laughs> right we don't force carbonate um so apart from like selling something still on site uh that we don't have like a quick liquidate these liquid assets uh, because they taste good right now. It's like, all right, spend that money on all those bottles and then wait four to 10 or 12 months. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, I, know, I, I guess uh, I guess maybe I understand why more people don't do it. There's, uh, yeah, it's a lot, a lot to consider <laughs> and a lot, just it's so much time. It but demands if, time of you. Well, you gotta love it, obviously you do. Otherwise, you're crazy. Sure. But you're probably crazy anyway, so that's going to I don't know. I love it. <laughs> the, um... I assume you rent here. Yes. Yes. Um, is the end game to be somewhere other than here? I would assume... 
because um, I assume we've gone back and forth on that like a lot actually in the past, in the past, yeah, two or three years now. Um, when we first got here, it was just yeah, good, great rent for the space, and um, it was it was pretty much exactly what we needed and then some, but we weren't really and aren't paying for the and then some, so that's nice. But our initial plan in the area was always to have a sort of obviously smaller facility, but also have like some farmland. Um, Which is the hardest thing in the world to do in Jersey, right? Brewing wise. It's not, it's not at all easy. Uh, there's in theory, we, we, have, we, we tried to weasel our way into like the right to farm act working for us where then the township would let us be in, you know, uh, different zones basically than pure industrial yeah. um and that that was not the case so any any kind of nice farm properties we looked at you know a number with with good pole barns where maybe we just have to throw up some insulation or uh, a nice horse farm where we're gonna have to you know <laughs> pour a concrete pad but uh well i know I, my uh, my girlfriend has a farm up north and she just went through the whole farm preservation act with yeah. new jersey and stuff so i understand that kind of the, the, the stuff you'd have to deal with and that was kind of what I was getting at that you eventually probably want to have like a, a organic living breathing structure sure correct? and that was that was maybe more the dream until we realized the amount of work that that <laughs> this all is you know because in those early trips to Belgium the the, the lambic blenders especially would be like and and of course you know you have to have a second job yeah. while you do this um, and they they complain about their their bureaucratic structures there too. So I'm not sure uh, how they get it all done. Like if you've got a if you've got a full time job and then you try and do this on top of it, it's it's an inordinate amount of work. Um, but yeah, it's uh, so to try to try to think think through to the point where we would also be planting our own you know, trees and vineyard and, and raspberry bushes and, and what have you, the things that... You want in your beer. The yeah. things that we want in our beer and that people don't grow enough of in the state. Um, those, uh, that, that would take so much additional time. And, <laughs> so, you know, maybe we'll ever have the time slash uh, money for a nice... Nice, big, robust staff of people that are all, yeah, working production and, and working in the, the orchards and stuff. That, that's a nice idyllic dream for, for 10 years from now. But, but we have, we've got, we've got our hands full right now. <laughs> yeah, a little uh, cart before the horse stuff. Exactly. But, um, so what was your actual opening date? What date was it? December 3rd of 2016. So you're looking at it just a hair over a year. Yep. Where are you now that you thought you'd be or not where you, think, you thought you'd be based on when you opened? Are you about where you, were you business planned or idealistically no. or whatnot? No, we are almost, almost a year behind because licensing took us at least six months longer than we had thought and hoped. Um, and then, and then of course the beer takes a little longer than you think or hope. Um, yeah, where I think I think I thought maybe I could turn around like the Berliner Messe in three or four months, and that's not a reality. Uh, at least not. It's drinkable. It tastes like a beer, but it's not what we want, what we're looking for. Um, so you know, just everything kind of gets a little delayed from there. But yeah, it works. Fair enough. And um, we're about forty-five minutes, so we're. Uh probably close to the end here before we get too antsy in your pantsy but um not to be too cryptic but what 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 saddens you what what bothers you most about the industry where you're at right now or is that just another four-hour podcast that's yeah i mean when when you well i try not so i try not to dwell in in my beer industry dark place right okay. and and inevitably i do right okay. whether it's you know, our own struggles or seeing, seeing smutty nose and, you know, just knowing like, oh shit, like this is, it's a changing world and, yeah. and, uh, 
Yeah. You wouldn't be open if money notes didn't exist. Sure. And you know seeing, what I mean? Like right. that kind of thing. And seeing um, maybe broadly the biggest almost injustice I see in, in beer as it's consumed and so purchased and so, you know, m- money changing hands is that I know so many brewers and uh, have been to so many breweries where they're putting out exceptional beer uh, and if like the overall brand or marketing isn't what uh, that certain large middle ground of beer consumer is looking for and so I guess the, the most common example today would be even just you know differently labeled 16 ounce cans Mm -hmm. of functionally almost the same beer you know but it's Mm -hmm. sort of different every time and and if if it if it looks cool and everything then everyone wants it and uh, that's nothing against the quality of the beer in in that package but mm -hmm. it's just it's just a knowledge that that quality exists so many other places for brewers that aren't Giving that attention or, or sales. No, no. I mean, I mean, I think that's kind of where a lot of people who, I don't know how to word it, um, give a shit kind mm-hmm. of land. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, is it surprising it's Olive Garden? You know what I mean? Yeah, to an extent. It's, it's right. Uh, it's right. It's just, uh, it, it's sort of that quality matters less than one would hope. Right? Like, oh, yeah. it's sort of like, you know, blind tasting objective type. I still you know, subjective taste and everything, yeah. but like neutralize out all of the, all of the other noise associated. Yeah. It's, I, it's, yeah. it's a lot of, I've, I've, I mean, I'm pe- everybody's talked about it. It's a, a lot of, it's not different. It's the same car. Just one has a sunroof and then one has like, sure. you know, a little bit bigger tires, stuff like that. And then, we're, you know, there's so many fantastic breweries out right. there doing interesting stuff, but they just don't get the hay because you know, it's not right. a stickered can, and yeah. they don't falsely generate lines and all that kind of right. stuff like right. that. And uh, I mean, it that has to go away, right? Don't you think at some point, or no? Uh, or is it? Uh, my I'm theory not. is that the crowd base is so new to beer, they don't. They're just getting into it. Right, and so, that's that's certainly a possibility, and it's a it's a great place to start. Those beers are both approachable and great. Usually, you know, some mm-hmm. of these softer, hoppy beers that mm-hmm. I. I think we're referring to without naming them like yep. they're they're yeah great and approachable beers and that's a yeah often a little sweeter than I would like but it's it's that makes sense too as, as an entry point into this extremely wide world of beer and I think yeah what people have probably lamented for the past 10 or 15 years is this uh, ascendancy of IPA uh, in you know it's gone through all of its different iterations over the years but it's still our cultural obsession with something that is called an IPA and IPAs are they're great almost in all of those but how uh, do you get so angsty so young uh, <laughs> well, how old are you 30 not even not even I'm 20 I'm almost 30 I guess I think that's about to happen um I don't know started drinking young or there something you I didn't even really I don't know drink Drank a it, lot early. It was a half joke. I wasn't being serious, but uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, but I, I worry about that too. I worry about you know, I worry about being too too curmudgeonly because because I want to just uh, be accepting of all of these great beers that exist now and just just enjoy it. Well, let's like go, everyone else can. Let's go know? to the other end of that. What yeah. what brings you hope? What what do you look at and you go, man, that is. Is it the same answer, just flipped? All yeah, those great of, breweries out there doing of, interesting things. Except that then, things. you know, just depending on the mood that I'm in, it's okay. either extreme hope, and it's like, ah, oh, this is so great. Um, yeah, that mm, gives me hope. Uh, I, do see, I do see people really branching out a lot. Not not as much as maybe one would like, which is that flip side. Mm-hmm. But people are certainly intrigued by what is new, um, and and hopefully that's as much what is new to them as what is you know sort of 
more flashily new or yeah appears to be new um it's a weird problem, though, don't you think? Because, honestly, if, if, if tomorrow half the, the new beer population got it, got it, for the lack of a better term, and like what you want, you'd go out of business. Would we? You'd run out of beer, right? That's not how we run out of business. Then we have money instead of beer. That's, but, how, that's how we're in it. But, but what I'm saying is, if, if, if all I mean, in a flash, everybody yeah. got into it, and then you had... You know what I mean? 500 deep right. here every day. You'd just be like, "Well, what am It takes time for what you do. Absolutely, it would yeah. end up. It would. It'd be a great problem because then you'd have to have all the work with. But then no, you'd right. have to be I, a bit more exclusive and, and I, things like I that. I love a nice. I love a nice slow organic growth. Uh, just, just like, just like the beard does. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't. I don't shed any tears that we don't, you know, regularly have uh, crazy lines or anything. And I don't. This is on. I don't. I, yeah. Well, I try. <laughs> I also. I try not to get uh, too gleeful when we do. You know, it's sure it's nice to see uh, people enjoy what you're doing like that, but they can enjoy it any one of a number of ways, and. and I'm, perfectly happy with just that sheer hey this is a this is a different thing that i am absolutely enjoying okay um to wrap it up let's do this um outside of the sour world what do you um, drink just out of care i'm just curious now, are you um, just, just belgians or do you get down no, with like no. uh, a whole array of different beers or yeah i i will i will drink almost almost anything um Mostly not spirits, really, uh, but a lot of wine, a lot of a lot of beer, a lot of saison, a lot of um, yeah, a decent amount of, of lagers, pilsners, uh, stouts, shit, brown ales, man. Whenever anyone's got one, doesn't happen anymore. Some forest and main hand pump bitter stuff, you know, just some yeah. some good some good little fun little beers or Suarez for that matter on the other side of things. Let's go there. Who is who are some of your uh, semi-local favorites? Those are two, have? yeah, two great ones in, in a it's maybe a similar sort of uh, definitely known about, but uh, I feel like they would be undersung even if they were just slammed every day because yeah. they're they're so. Uh, good at what they're both doing. Um, on, on like a production scale, like I, I do think we've got a, a number of good larger breweries. Um, obviously, Kane, Kane is sort of straddling that line. The Chamonix Creek, I think, puts out a lot of great beer. Uh, yeah, Cape May and Carton, of course, in, in the state. Troon, everyone, everyone in this immediate vicinity certainly knows and loves Troon. How's that? I can't, I can't ever make it there for a, <laughs> well, for a never, release, they, but I love going they, to the tap. They have to be open. Um, that's the other thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you guys must play well off each other. Oh, as, for sure. As yeah. far as your, your, your tap room crowd. I mean, not yeah. that they have a tap room, but the people that come in and out. Right. I mean, I, we definitely saw the benefit more when they had, like, regular open hours. Uh, but, but regardless, it's just so exciting to have... Alex here putting out those beers and, and, and bringing those people into the area at all. Um, and we, we always, I don't know that, you should definitely interview him. I would love to hear his interview. I don't know if it'll be, I don't know if it'll happen. I actually reached out to him, never heard back, but um, uh, he's, he's, like quite, he's quite the introvert, so we'll see what yeah. happens. But uh, yeah, um, I've talked to him a couple of times. So, we'll so I, right, I don't know to what extent where he's at now is is in line with sort of where he thought he'd be you know um but it's a it's certainly a great place to be but uh because he's yeah, he's like literally the closest you can get to a farm brewery in jersey i was think right as far as like being on a farm yeah. screaming screaming hill just south of here that's that's the right thing right yeah screaming hill brewery uh it's maybe 25 minutes so they're on an actual farm, and, like they get their own grain malted for them. Uh -huh. 
I don't know what like their hop program's like, but yeah, yeah, that's that's probably the the real list as far as actual locale. Apart from that, yeah, it'd be hard to beat that Troon spot. It's beautiful. It's got those sheep right there. I own been there twice, and I almost killed five chickens. I think. Every yep, time they're I go just, yeah, yeah, they're right in the driveway. Yeah, <laughs> every time. But yeah, Alex and I had talked like before we were open about how you know nicely. Uh, this should work out that we're doing totally different beers in a very similar geographical region. But did you know of each other before you opened, or was it kind of no, no? We just sort of. I think we, I don't know, heard about each other, like maybe like based on I'm not even sure what a website or something, or you know, yeah, I saw internet Google search or whatever, or maybe we had done. Uh, had some kind of township hearing or something that became news. I don't remember, but yeah, we were on like the exact same timeline. I think we ended up opening within a week of each other. Um, but yeah, yeah, we just met up before it and we're like, oh, this is, this is good. There's always that initial like, maybe not, maybe, maybe for people better than myself, there's not this. Every time I hear about someone doing something similar to me or in a similar region, I have admittedly like some sort of initial jealous reaction that in, in the span of like 15 to 30 seconds mm -hmm. of self-reflection, it's like, or reflection period, it's uh, this is, this is good. This is great. They're probably great. And then they are. They're always, yeah, good people. Brewers are largely good people. And they're, uh, yeah, good people to know and spend time with. Yeah. Definitely. And tend to be not really that competitive, and everyone's just kind of good and sharing. Uh, and... Really? I always found brewers to be hyper-competitive in, in a very good way. Yeah, not, yeah. I mean, right, there should be some degree of, like, not no, trying like, to screw better... You yeah. From open, yeah, sure, but trying to, like, better oneself and, and uh, yeah, and one's beer, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it's, I don't know, self-propelled, like... I try to make my own beer better with knowing that it still exists in this larger framework of all of the beers available to people and like what what similar beers must be like too and uh, and how people receive them but um, 2060 Lord Commander Beaver of the earth yeah alcohol is illegal what do you do I'm dead, maybe. Good answer. I, Good one answer. One can hope for so many reasons based on that premise that I'm, I'm blissfully dead. Um, alcohol's illegal. Can't you just keep doing it and like just like become a bootlegger? Kind yeah, of? maybe. I mean, I could do this like underground in a little cellar, you know, on much less, uh, just a much Tem smaller temperature scale. Temperature would be perfect. Temperature would be great. Nice critters floating around in that cave. Yeah, I would, uh, and I'd be, yeah, just writing a series of manifestos, I think, yeah. you know? Making in cheese, that, in that bleak sort of fascist state that is, uh, yeah. I just, okay, yeah. let's uh, cut yeah. it off here before yeah. before we start. Yeah. Well, you post it, and then you go too far, and then, that's exactly, and then people that's in black exactly coats and glasses knock on your door and shut you down. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, let's wrap it up. Good hour. How about that? Who would have thunk it? Um, James Priest of the Referent Beer Blendery. Do you want to do the whole, where do they find you? Uh, Internets and physical right, and all yeah. that stuff? Internet is uh, thereferent.com or we're pretty good about Instagram. Facebook is increasingly terrible and Twitter is mostly for just weird fun. Um, our physical location is in Pennington, as you've maybe heard, 1595 Creek Road, kind of right off 95. Um, yeah, we're open Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Do you try to have a specific amount of beers on, or is it more what's where yeah, it's ready? Yeah, we, we try to have two to three draft beers, one to two still beers, and uh, two to three hand pump cask beers. Bottles every now and then? On-site bottles we have now probably permanently and increasing into the future. Uh, and we, cork, at this point, cork. everything's cork and caged. Um, at this point we'll probably also 
hopefully kind of never run out of bottles to go again. That's... Do you do any other, anything else leave here? Will you let people fill containers or...? Yes, yeah, okay. we, we, we fill growlers only of like certain beers. Usually uh, our still beers we're always doing um, and our draft beer we can do with certain restrictions. But yeah, Berliner Messe, our dry hopped Berliner Messe Gloria, that's always... Kind of feel like that, that should be the name, the Referent Beer Blendery, blendery parentheses with certain restrictions. With that, certain, that restri- certain <laughs> restrictions apply. Yeah, mm-hmm. we have uh, yeah too too many self-imposed restrictions actually. It's not a bad thing. No, it's uh it's yeah. It's, uh, I shouldn't get into this this late. Uh, we can keep going, man. Said this. Robert Frost, uh, I think, it had some critique of poetry free verse that was playing tennis without a net um and so the, the problem though is that I, I i love free verse a lot of a lot of the practitioners of that but i i that's what i remind myself of all the time putting up all these restrictions it's like you gotta you gotta make a game of it you know you gotta if you can if everything is allowed then but you, you i mean to get... hard, that's a hard place for me personally to be creative you, you, you basically laid out that you got into this because you were intrigued and it was interesting. Mm-hmm. And if you have no barriers and you do whatever you want, that's not interesting at all. Right, right. You don't even you have to challenge it's yourself too easy. in any yeah. form of profession, whether it be physically, mentally, professionally, whatever. So, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. There you go. Awesome. Well, that's it, guys. That's all you get. Next time, maybe. There might be a next time. I don't know. If hair beer beer takes over, we won't be here. We'll be dead. Or in a cave somewhere making cheese and beer. So hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. And uh, yeah, see you next time. Cheers.